0: Welcome to the Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Show. Your host, Carol Dixon Carr, is an educator of and a participant in many eclectic subjects. And she loves it that way. Each week, she'll bring you episodes and stories on how you can navigate those multiple passions while managing your mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional energy in your life as a whole. So here's Carol. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm here with Larissa Russell, who will share with us the amazing healing modality through creativity. If you've listened to my previous episodes, you know I'm a fan, for sure, because music is definitely my medicine. So let me tell you a little bit about Larissa before we dive right on in. She is an international best-selling author, speaker, artist, educator, coach, and a healer. She is the founder of Creative You Healing, an online coaching and learning platform that helps women step into their authenticity with the help of creativity. She is blessed to work with women who are ready to make a change in their lives. And as a master of change herself, Larissa has a unique perspective that helps women learn and feel comfortable with their boundaries, as well as find what they really want from their lives. She lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada with her partner. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay! Okay, so (laughs) I love it if you tell our listening audience your journey into this work and then we can just get into the nitty-gritty of how people can heal through creativity
1: from your point of view. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I've been a creative my whole life and I've been teaching uh, creativity, art, um, crafts, all different things over the over 30 years I've been doing that. And, um, and then I kind of stepped away from it because life just got so busy and, you know, kids were growing and I was doing my own thing and then I had a partner die and, you know, just things got in the way. And and then a few years ago, I had a really bad bout of depression. I, I've suffered from depression off and on my whole life, postpartum mostly. Um, and And so a few years ago when I you know, suffered from this very bad bout of depression, uh, I ended up suicidal. And our mental health care system just wasn't there. It just wasn't adequate. (laughs) Uh, I ended up being hospitalized for a grand total of 12 hours. And they released me in the middle of the night, because they needed the bed. And so I walked home from the hospital in the middle of the night. And if I hadn't been so exhausted from that, I probably would have... um, I've done it that night. And something happened because the next morning I realized that the only one I could rely on was myself. And so I had to do something. And that's when I started back into my creativity and really I started journaling. I started painting again. Um, you know, I was also taking medication. Don't get me wrong. I I strongly believe that we need the help wherever we can get it. But the Creativity is really what started to pull me out as I started to explore things. And, you know, fast forward to a few years later and I start, uh, I decided to start up again my business and, you know, coaching people and creativity. And I started just with the creativity part of it. And then as COVID hit, it's sort of when I made that connection where, hey, I healed myself with creativity how can I help others heal? You know, and I have other healing modalities. I've, you know, chakras and Reiki and I've studied under a shaman, different things that I work with. And so the healing with creativity sort of was born from everything that happened. So, you know, even though I'd been using it for myself, I finally decided I needed to share that. So that's that's where we came from.
0: I totally hear you on that. That was similar to my journey. I never got to the point where I was going to take action on this. I have a, fam- a close family member who did and she was hospitalized for a week. So it amazes me that you were only hospitalized for 12 hours and then they released you. That's Yikes! That's irresponsible. You know, I could go off on a tangent on that for exactly. or, for uh, another hour or three on that, but I totally get that. And um, I had postpartum depression myself. I get it. I totally get it. And when I had that, I didn't have the tools until like maybe a decade later. So I would love to just hear how you would take a person through that journey of creating
1: to help them help them heal. Yeah, absolutely. So typically uh, what I do when I work with women, I have different programs from simple things. Like I have a morning meditation and journaling class where we actually just as a group, we come together. I offer a guided meditation, a journaling prompt, they journal, and then we come back and we discuss. So things as simple, I won't say simple because you have to do the work, but uh, as, you know, as simple as that, right? We, We journal, we meditate, we discuss. I'm trying to think of a better word that uh, explains that. But then I also do group coaching. I have courses and I have um, one-on-one work that I do with people. And typically writing is a big part of it. So journaling is super important in my world. Journaling is um, how we start to uncover things. And then when we get stuck, I add in art as well. So drawing and coloring. And sometimes you know, I'll sneak those things in, and you don't even really know you're doing some healing work, which is kind of cool. Sure. And so I will give exercises to do, and it's not about the finished product, it's never about what does this picture look at look like at the end, but it's about what you feel and and the process you go through and what sort of those aha moments that come out through it. And the and the great thing about using art and drawing and, and coloring and, you know, crayons and, and you know all paint, all those fun things. The great thing about that is you don't even really realize what you're doing. You don't realize the work you're doing. And so you get a lot of ahas in sneaky ways. So you're coloring a picture based on a prompt that I give you. And all of a sudden something comes up for you. And now let's explore that. Let's explore what's come up for you. And then we usually journal and we have discussions, different things like that. So it's all, it's kind of like a gentle, sneaky way to get underneath with those blocks and the stories we tell ourselves. So there's, there's lots of different things we do, but the biggest thing is the process of art creation and then writing, writing is a big part of it as well.
0: We are kindred spirits right over here. We, I had before COVID hit, we called these player purpose workshops where they did dance music, art writing as well in in physical form and, and it was slightly different process, but yeah, I hear you. What do you do when people say, well, I'm not creative (laughs) What you know, there are people who will say that. Um, Oh, everybody says that it's amazing (laughs) to me.
1: And it's like, everyone is creative. Everyone is creative and we're creative in everything we do. And we just don't think about it because we think if we're not painting a masterpiece or writing a novel or playing in a symphony that we're not creative, but creating a spreadsheet, starting a business, uh, gardening, uh, baking and, and, and cooking, those are all creative things. We're creative in our thoughts every day. So creativity, we're all creative. So I call BS. And, you know, cause we are all creative and the work that we do is not about the finished product right it's not about that picture at the end like anybody if if you want to practice some creative act like painting or you know specifically watercolors or you want to write a book you have to practice you have to keep doing the work but if you want to heal with creativity it's just about the process it's about the process you go through so yeah, yeah.
0: I totally agree with that. That's pretty much my MO. It used to be, I used to think, well, it it has to be good enough to show it to the world. No, I don't. Not necessarily. (laughs) Just Yeah. Even with the music compositions that nobody has ever heard, except for maybe the people living with me, (laughs) it's it's one of those things where I'm like, this feels good. It feels good. Mm -hmm. And like you said, that there's these sneaky ways that you can get these aha moments. They probably don't necessarily happen right in the moment all the time, right? Does it for your students or your, your clients, do they happen to have a realization maybe a few days later?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they can happen in the moment, but I would say more often than not, after you've slept on it or after something else happens to sort of solidify it, you go, oh, wait a minute you know, and then you, you figure it out. But yeah. It's, it's not always in the moment. And, so, and sometimes people really want that. They want it to be in the moment. They're like, I did the work. Now where's the answer? And, and healing isn't like that, right? There's, sometimes you have to peel it back a little further. And sometimes you have to try a different direction and you have to sneak in a back door and there's all sorts of different things for, um, but if you're willing to do the work, it's absolutely possible. It's absolutely possible to live a happy authentic life
0: yes so how long would you say that it took you from when you were at the depths of despair to gradually for me i felt like it took decades it's like wow in the last three years i'll be 54 this year so it's like i'm a i'm a I'm, i was not a quick study mainly because i'm analytical too like so analytical that my right my left brain was just like hmm, let's try and reconcile all of this So I would love to hear what your journey looked like when you were in that dark place and then how you moved out of it. Because sometimes I think that would be inspiring for people to hear that it's possible to to get out of it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think there's different stages of, of healing too, right? Like you can get to the point where you can function again, which, I mean, probably took me a couple of months after, you know, I was hospitalized it was a couple of months before I was still I could become a functioning human and out in the world again um but it it, it takes years of, of working on yourself I mean I I've been working on myself for well my whole life I mean I made decisions you know at 14 I'm living on the street and then I decided I don't want to live my life like this right and so I did the work to change that and I got married and I had kids and I did all of those things and as different things have happened in my life, you do the work, right? You work to make the changes. Where I'm at now is a, a completely different place. And that was that was probably five years ago. So in the last two years, I've been really solid in who I am and 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 feel really healthy, I would say. So that still took me three years after 30 plus years of of healing work, right? So it, it's not instant, but each step we take to feel better keeps the momentum going, right? And if we say, oh, it's going to take too long. Well, where are you going to be in three or five years, right? If you're going to be this lump, unable to do anything and absolutely measurable, wouldn't it be better to put in the work and in three to five years, be amazingly happy doing what you want with your life? Yeah, it it takes time. It's not instant. Some things come quicker than others. But to feel like strong in yourself takes time. It takes time. Yeah. And it's good to hear that out loud because I'm like, boy,
0: I am very like intellectual, blah, blah, blah. So I'm quick on the uptake there. I'm like, boy, why am I so slow on the uptake with this process? I was feeling like that. I'm like, are there others out there that feel that way too? So I was glad that you said that. You being on the street at 14, now that's a big detail. I don't know if you want to elaborate on that because that, wow, I can't even imagine. Because, you know, I was living with my mama at the time even I was 14. <laughs>
1: Well, and it's interesting you say that because, you know, my, kid, my kids are growing now. I have grandkids that are from, well, to be born in July to nine. So, I, you know, I have a range of grandkids. But so when my kids were 14, I couldn't imagine them living on their own. Like they were not mature enough for that. But just the life that I had led up to that point, And, you know, there was a lot of trauma in my childhood. Um, my mother came out as gay when I was 11. And there'd already been a number of things that had happened in my life, but my, um, and back then we did not have the, cause I live in Canada, so we have laws to protect us. But in, in the seventies, we didn't have those laws, right? We didn't have that protection. And so we had to hide, we had to hide all the time. And the stress of that hiding who you are when you're just sort of moving into a teenagehood, like I didn't have to hide me necessarily, but I had to hide everything about my life. Because I couldn't have friends over because then they would know I couldn't, you know, couldn't tell people about my family, things like that. And so it, it became very stressful to be constantly hiding. And that's one of the reasons that I started when I, I got a little bit older was like, I don't want to hide who I am. And I think that really helped me move into my own authenticity. But it also took me until my mid-40s to realize that I was also gay because I was so ingrained that you hide everything about you that I didn't even I hid it from my own self right which caused me all sorts of other issues Um, and I didn't come out to my mid-40s and so because of course I didn't want to be like my mother (laughs) right I have that whole rebellion with mother thing that's a whole other issue but (laughs) and um, but yeah living on the streets at 14 was to me, safer. It was safer than hiding everything at home.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. And it's hard even in the society that if society says you should do this little you know, white picket fence, 2.2 kids and a dog, and maybe some people don't even want to have kids and you know that kind of thing. And people try and put you in a box to do these societal norms that aren't necessarily good for everybody. So yet constantly hiding who you are can be excruciating and exhausting right yeah. <laughs> and i'm leading the witness but i'm just like thinking yes i'm a cis heterosexual female and there are a lot of things i hate about myself something i obviously can't hide about myself and me being in a society that's a hell another podcast episode <laughs> but i um, just trying to pretend to be a normal human being which I'm anything but, and, you know, it took me a few years to get to the other side of saying, you know, I'm a quirky girl and I'm not a terrible human being. So love me or leave me or whatever. So uh, but then even when I i don't know what what year you were born, but, you know, even when I was in high school, people weren't always that accepting, uh, they'd make jokes about people being gay or whatever, that kind of thing. And I probably said some things ignorant when I was that age too, not knowing any better. And then having people school me and I'm like, all right, yeah, well, I feel really stupid for saying these things back in the day when I didn't know any better. So there's like, there's a, there is not only the healing through whatever you've been through, but then also healing through just societal norms and the pressures that they, I feel Mm. like they might put on us.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's one of the reasons that we had to hide, right? We had to hide our family because it was not a societal norm, right? And so not sharing that. And then there was real fear of being taken by the system because as kids, like I have a brother who's seven years younger. And so, you know, as kids worried about somebody finding out and maybe we would be taken, yes. right? And, and things like that. And then there was other things going on on top of that. My dad's a, a, not a well man. He, you know, narcissist and sociopath and has his own. So that caused a lot of trauma. And, you know, so there's, there was a lot of other things as well. And then that just compounded, right? Just compounded it all. And so I had a lot of things to recover from, right? physical trauma, sexual trauma, you know, just that whole hiding who I was and not being authentic. And also just not feeling good enough in my own self because I was never, I was constantly told I was never living up to my potential. And my brother is a dancer and a model and gorgeous and, you know, all of these things that, so he was the perfect child. And I was always like not, and, There's just so many things, so many things, right? And I think everybody can relate on some level to, you know, everybody has their own traumas and you can't compare yours to somebody else's or if it's worse or better, but you, you have to look at your own things and how you felt in it and how it made you feel and what it caused for you. And that, that's the only journey you can take with healing is your own, not anybody else's, right? Absolutely. Yeah, when people,
0: because I used to attract people who were kind of energy vampires because of my own abandonment issues, I would be like, well, I don't want anybody to feel a So as an empath. I'm like, oh, help, they're taking all my energy. And I, remember, I noticed that you said in your bio that you help people with boundaries. How do you Is there a modality, I mean, it might be more intuitive, but if there is kind of a modality to bridge that gap through healing, boundaries, and goals for for your clients, can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, it's different for everyone, but there's some standards, right? There's some standards. Learning to say no and, and understanding that no is a complete sentence, but then also knowing that the people that you deal with have their own things. So no doesn't always work. Um, So how to navigate that, how to navigate other people, and maybe you can't say no, but maybe you can say not right now. I'm not, you know, you're used to me coming as soon as you call in the middle of something, but I'll gladly do that for you tomorrow, right? I have time between this and this, and you're going to get some pushback. But eventually they learn, right? So we just talk about a lot of different ways to deal with boundaries and to be healthier in our own selves and our decision making. Because sometimes it's not about boundaries, and and that you know what people want from you, but it's giving up your own self because you think you're not important enough, right? So if you feel like you're not important enough, your time doesn't matter. Your your things don't matter, your energy, you know, all of these things don't matter because you don't feel that you're important enough. So when you start to feel more important, the boundaries become a little easier, right? So there's lots of different things we do for boundary work and we do a lot of journaling with boundary work, but we have a lot of discussion as well around, you know, other ways to do things. And then we start to look at why why do we not have boundaries? Why is this an issue for us? And that's where a lot of the artwork part will come in, right? And we'll start to look at what stories we tell ourselves and where those stories came from. Because when we can start to understand where those stories came from, we can start to unpack them and, and make a difference. So that that's a big part of it. But yeah, it there's a lot of pieces, a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, it's yeah. a
0: good bridge. And journaling. I've been journaling. I have been journaling since 1979. (laughs) So that is, yeah. (laughs) I was like 12 years old. And first it was when I learned how to type, it would be that. And then I would fill up books. And yeah, I think I have shelves and shelves and shelves of of journaling because sometimes I was my own best friend. Sometimes the journaling can also, if you're feeling lonely, that can be your, that can be your companion. At least it was for me anyway. Do you find that with your clients as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, journaling is a huge part of what we do because journaling is where we can start to look at things. And journaling allows us to sort of get out of that busy mind. And I I tell people, you know, if you can get three pages in, you know, Julia Cameron, you know, the morning pages, things like that. But I find that unless you've got a specific thing you're working on, and you're actually working on that, but if you're just journaling for the sake of journaling, which is really healthy, by the third page, what's really bothering you or what's really important to you starts to show up, right? So, you know, the first page is you're like, oh, I'm feeling this, especially if you have a regular practice. I feel kind of icky today, or I feel great today, or... You know, and you might talk about the weather and you might talk about what your day was like and things like that. And by the third page, you're like, Oh, this has kind of been niggling at me and I, I need to look at this and then you start to explore it. But when we have journaling prompts, which is what I do in my morning uh, calm program is we have prompts to work on certain things throughout the week. So we have a theme for the week and then we will journal on specifics and we can get a little deeper especially when we add that discussion piece to it to get in there but writing is a great way to get things out of your head so that it's not constantly in your being reworked and reworked
0: right I get that I was just like that whole rumination thing I was like okay maybe my brain is constipated I don't know get the I know that sounds disgusting but understand that that. wow what a visual but yeah once you start writing things start to flow (laughs) yes Yes. yeah because just sitting in bed ruminating about that you might as well turn on the light and start journaling that's that's been my
1: that's been my I keep paper and pen by my bedside all the time because if I start thinking about something at night if I write it down I can go to sleep I don't have to keep it going spinning keeping me awake for hours right so I always have paper and pen by bed that and I do my gratitude journaling before bed. So I always do, you know, at least five things I'm grateful for in my day. Cool, yeah, I do that in the morning. Yeah, I have all these different little prompts that I,
0: and that's it among them too. And then I end the day. And speaking of journaling and then also creativity, do you find that sometimes some of your creative ideas happen to you in the wee
1: hours? And if you don't write it down, you might lose it. (laughs)
0: Absolutely.
1: Those are the things that spin in my head that are in the shower. So I also have pen and paper in the bathroom because water and I just get things flowing, right? Whether I'm swimming or sitting in a hot tub or a shower, whatever, or bathtub, whatever it is, those ideas start to come to me in water. And so I have to, I have basically pen and paper in every room because I'm constantly thinking of things. And I think it's because I also... I delve into creativity on a daily basis so I keep that flow of creativity going you know when we when we don't we sort of stagnate and we we have to sort of jumpstart things but when you're in the flow of creativity it's constant it's constant so yeah I have pen and paper in every room
0: very nice I so know, and I have a, and I since I'm like I talk a mile a minute and I, I can't get it down fast enough I'll to, open up the voice memos and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> or yeah. I run to the piano and play a chord I'm like <laughs> and then, yeah try and try not to wake up my people because it usually happens at 3 a.m <laughs> <Which laughs> yeah. <is
1: crazy. laughs> yeah mine's not so much 3 a.m it's like when I'm falling asleep
0: yeah that yeah. Thing.
1: yeah yeah in between that in between yeah. time
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's really amazing. So if I know that one size does not fit all, but if somebody was, you know, feeling like they're, they're just, they're feeling restless or they're feeling sad or even just at the rock bottom place. And like I said, your mileage will vary. What what are some things that you would suggest they do um, just to get started to try and, because sometimes people, when you're depressed, you pretty much don't want to do anything. You don't want to reach out because you don't want to feel like a burden. So what would you say to that? I mean, even from your own perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think important thing is, depending on where you are on the scale of depression, right, or anxiety, um, always seek medical help. I, I'm going to always say that even if the medical system fails you, that should be a first option when things get bad. However, Journaling is a huge thing for me, and if you can even just, you know, the first day, write, I don't want to write, and the second day, okay, maybe I'll try this, and then the third day, you might get a paragraph in, and then don't sit down the first day expecting to write three pages, right? Like, unless you have a lot to say, but don't push yourself, because you're just, you're not going to keep it up. It needs to be free-flowing, so if it's only a, a sentence, it's a sentence. Um, So journaling is a big part of that. Also, you know what? Get a box of crayons. Get a box of crayons and a coloring book if you want, or just paper if you want, and color. You don't need all the fancy art supplies. Go to the dollar store, grab a box of crayons and some paper, even a lined notebook. It doesn't matter. And just color for the sake of coloring. It relieves stress. It helps sort of calm that monkey mind that we get that just spins. And it just feels good. Who doesn't love crayons? Like, come on, crayons, yeah. right? There's a reason we played with them as a kids How because cool. they're wonderful. You know, I suggest everybody needs a box of crayons.
0: I agree. And I'm an Enneagram seven, so play is my jam all day long.
1: <laughs> I'm an eight seven. Yeah. So
0: cool.
1: <laughs> so you got that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Very nice. Do you have any other, I'd say,
1: last words of wisdom before I can ask people where? They can get a hold of you. Yeah, I think it's just really important to allow yourself the space to heal, right? Because we, we think about these expectations that are on us and often the expectations we think that are there are our own expectations, not somebody else's. And you shouldn't be living up to somebody else's anyway. But, oh, they won't like us if we do this or, you know, I'll lose my friends or I, I won't be able to look after this, that or the other thing and as you become as you step into your most authentic self and you find those boundaries and you start to pay attention to your own expectations and sort of what where they come from and why you can start to release that and yes you know what people will come and go from your life they're there for a reason and maybe it's not this reason right so maybe it's time to let them go so just to give yourself the grace to look after yourself right to be kind to yourself and and just try something new try something new yes I agree with all of that I'm so glad that I
0: asked you to come on the show because it's so much resonance everything you've said I've done and yeah like I said
1: my journey has been a long one <laughs> yeah for all of us you know <laughs> I, 53 you're 50 you know are gonna be yeah, we're, yeah yeah
0: I'll be 54 in May so yeah yeah, so we're both Gen X kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But uh, this has been great. I would love for you to share um, with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. I'll put it all in the show notes as well, but saying it out loud does not hurt. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> so our website is www.creativeu.ca because I'm in Canada, but we do reach globally. Um, we also have a Facebook page, uh, creativeu.ca, um, Instagram, creativeview.ca, Pinterest, creative dot the letter, the word dot CA, and then a YouTube channel as well, Creativeview. And so, um, yeah, just check us out and we just have so much going on and there's always something fun. I do summits. I do a lot of free things. I have a crate with me night. And so we get together and just create so we can hang out and chat. Um, I have lots of different programs and things. So yeah, yeah creative Nice. I like the whole community vibe. People need
0: community so much. Oh my gosh. Especially now. Especially Especially now. now. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: And you also have a a free gift, right? I do. I do. So it's our five best tools for healing with creativity. And so uh, you've got the link. So if you can put that up for everybody, but you can find it on our website too, on our our front page of creativeyou.ca. But uh, the link I gave you will take you directly to it. Yeah, and the five best tools for healing with creativity. Very
0: nice. Yeah, so I'll put all of that in the show notes. So if people just click away, so this has been awesome so i really appreciate you coming on to the show it's been a morning with me i really appreciate it so um hopefully we'll get together again and see how this all happens
1: absolutely (laughs) i think we have a lot in common so we do absolutely we'll do that so yes thank you for having me
0: yeah it's cool i only met you not even a week ago and i'm just like whoop the the spite you know how those spidey sense tunes in i'm like let me let me let me message her (laughs)
1: Lovely. I'm glad you did. I'm glad
0: All you right. did. All right. Well, you have a wonderful rest of your day and week, and we'll talk
1: soon. All right. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life with Carol Dixon Carr. If you'd like to continue the conversation on these topics, head on over to the free Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes, along with other resources. And if any of Carol's words resonate with you, Feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Until next time...